0: hello rank squad and welcome to ranks fc it's the third of your season preview episodes and today we're all about france we're talking about league R, and we have a very special guest but before we introduce him hello to mr sam the rank god how you doing mate bonjour i am great how are you yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. And joining us today, it's a blast from the past. Our old friend, Mr. Alex Collings of the Scouted Football Network. And also, Alex, you're starting something different with Football Per 90, I hear, this year. One, congratulations. And two, it's lovely to have you back on the podcast.
2: Yeah, so I was doing, um, we were doing pod, but I'm kind of moving over to to sort of doing like video profiles on YouTube. So we'll we'll see. That should be coming soon and we'll see how it pans out. Sounds like hard
1: work, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Really (laughs) hard work. Uh, You've you've grown a tremendous beard since I last saw you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also winter here, so it's very, very cold. So I'm quite like hoodie, beard, beanie. It's all yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a real stark contrast. Considering uh, how
2: warm we are, yeah. Yeah, yeah i in I've this heard. room
1: and I'm in a shorts and t shirts. So, uh, for once, pay- living in England pays off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Um, it's great to have you back, Alex. Um, we're going to kind of work through Liga in a number of ways. We're going to kind of pitch it up in, in a couple of questions. So, I'm going to hand the reins over to Sam for the time being and away we'll go.
1: Okay, yeah. So, um, I basically have five big questions for Alex. And uh, I think we'll start here at number one which is on PSG. Uh, most people's expectation is that PSG will go ahead and, and win the league 1 title. Uh, but there have been a couple of suggestions recently, actually, that they'll not only do that, but they'll go on to break their points record in Ligue 1. So there's a lot of hype right now around PSG. And I guess the question is quite simple. Alex,
2: do you think they're actually capable of that? So, yeah, I think in terms of capability, I think it's really hard to say that they aren't when they've got like Mbappe, Neymar and Messi um, and I definitely think they're gonna be better this season than they were under Pach, who is kind of a disappointment overall, I think if you look back at them. Um I think Altier's got a sort of a better, maybe a more functional sort of just system in terms of kind of getting the balls to balls to them and just kind of letting them do their thing but keeping like good structure behind. Mm. So I think it's it's a better fit. Whether they'll break their points tally, which is I think it's like 96 points a couple of seasons back. 96, yeah. In like what, 20? 15 16 no that might have no. been but yeah um so so i think they could um it really just kind of depends um yeah it just depends how it sort of pans out i think they're going to blow a lot of teams away that, as they do every year um i think also as we'll kind of get onto later there aren't any big sort of teams that i think can kind of beat them from a functional perspective i think a big reason that they lost points in in previous seasons especially on the he you never really got them playing in a functional way so that there were always like places where you could kind of exploit them, especially in terms of how they defended out of possession, right? Uh, but with that said, that's still a problem. I mean, Mbappe, Neymar Messi, as good as they are in possession, they're, they're a liability, all three of them out of possession. And yeah, in modern football, like when you have like, your whole front line of press is like not very good. And that's, that's usually an issue. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it depends. I mean, I could, I could see it happening. I think they've got better backup now, especially like... Virati sort of plays almost like as a half time footballer, <laughs> with how mm-hmm. often he's out. Having Vitinia in there, who's kind of like in a in a similar like functional profile, right? If maybe not necessarily stylistic. Um, although there are similarities. I think just having that sort of continuity in the midfield will actually will help them a lot in and not dropping those sorts of points. So I definitely could see them um breaking, you know, ninety six maybe being centurions, but it but but yeah, you never really know.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's a long old season. Lots can go wrong, even for the very best. Um, maybe then we're looking at that goals scored record set in 2018, which is 108. You're talking there about how they're going to blow some teams away, and I think this is, this is part of why people are expecting maybe the points record to be smashed because it's very feasible that you open your scores app and and you know Hakimi and and Messi and Neymar and Ababi have just wrought havoc on like whoever it is that day and they've won like six or seven nil like I could easily see that happening like five six times this season
2: that's interesting I mean I think part of it is that Galtier as a coach has always been a little bit more pragmatic so I think he also really likes to keep sort of solid so actually I wonder how how that will sort of play into it if because I mean I think he also kind of has to adapt to the squad right he's a coach coming to again a club with Mbappe, Neymar Messi they're all going to want to score they're all going to want to be attacking and he's got guys like Hakimi and Nunament on, you know, in the wide areas of very attacking players. So, so yeah, I think he could. Um, but it'll be kind of interesting. It's a new challenge for him that he hasn't had at Nice or at Lille, um, in terms of, yeah, in terms of actually embracing that attack rather than being a bit more pra- pragmatic, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting thing, and and you, you've kind of touched exactly on it there, Alex. It's one of those points where. I almost think that I know this is a domestic preview so you know we're not going to Europe but I actually think that the Galtier's inclusion here actually might set them up better for European competition than necessarily to smash records domestically because it feels like they are going to be better balanced and and i think we've seen that obviously he was famed for, for that 442 at, for, for various clubs that he's played for in the past and he's come straight in and been like i think we might need three center backs here if it's, if this is going to work yeah and you know something we we talked about last year you know, I remember having this discussion last year and thinking okay maybe psg needs to go to a three at the back because otherwise this might just not work if you're trying to play hakimi down that right hand side and no one's covering those spaces and we saw you kind of lose their heads in Europe and 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 get exploited, and actually it's the kind of thing you kind of imagine that the Gaultier won't let happen. So I wonder if actually in terms of domestics, I think they'll I think they win the league. I think you'd be mad to bet against it at this point, but equally. I wonder if it's actually in Europe that we see the biggest change in how PSG operate because of what he's been brought in to do and what he's been brought in, I think, with a mandate to do because this isn't you know, to walk around and say that, that Galtier is a better or worse coach than, than Pochettino. I think they're both brilliant coaches. It's... More that he's been, you know, Poch was given this kind of mandate to play entertaining, to play exciting football, which is what he's been kind of branded for full stop. gatti has been brought in to kind of stream this back and be like, okay, right, hang on. The the whole, what well, I think it was, it was Nassu said, the glitter the glitter is over. Um, you know, those, those kind of things, that, I mean, it's clearly not. But it's, it's <laughs> one of those where you're looking at it and going, okay, he's been given a mandate to play slightly, you know, he's not being asked to go and blow teams away, perhaps. He's being asked... To turn this team into a, a machine that can win not only domestically but also continentally as well, and and so I wonder if that's where
2: we see the biggest change. I mean, I, I don't want to take away too much from like the domestic thing as well, but that's one of the big things I'm kind of thinking because I still think, I mean, I think you can get away with the uh, you know having all three of the superstars in that front line in the league for sure, um, and I think Galte is building a good sort of yeah like defensive sort of thing to to accommodate them, right? But in Europe, when you're kind of getting to the round of 16, round of 8, like, semifinals, I kind of wonder, like, is he ever going to get to the sort of point where he feels he has to drop, you know, one, one of, of Neymar them. or Messi, yeah. basically. So so it'll be interesting. I mean, he's also maybe not a coach that they've had in the past with as much, like, clout or, like, reputation in the game. I think he has kind of built a good reputation for himself. But, I mean, Poch came in with a bigger reputation. Obviously, they've had guys like Carlo and Tuchel who had bigger reputations, right? So it'll be a very big call from from Gultier, but we'll kind of see. I think he he's better supported by sort of the like the front office or executive staff than previous managers have been.
1: And they have a new front office as well, which is uh, pr- pretty Mbappe. much one of the big wins. PSG have have, <laughs> yeah, not Mbappe, <laughs> kind of, uh, but obviously with with uh, with a new structure in place and Luis Campos pulling the strings here. Yeah. And, and ba- basically, the big win here is that Leonardo is gone. Um, and yeah. so that you never know really how much of a, of a difference that can make for PSG. But we'll we'll move on from the uh, predicted champions and just go slightly further down the table and I want to ask you Alex who is going to be the best of the rest
2: so yeah when kind of preparing for these questions I kind of realized that like maybe compared to previous seasons I'm far less sure on like how things are going to pan out just because I mean first thing I'll say is that I think the rest are all far behind PSG there have been years before and we you kind of thought like PSG were a bit more vulnerable than I feel they are this this season and that someone and that there was a team that was kind of like in a good point in their cycle that they could make a like an underdog challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't see that with anyone this year. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of teams that are kind of in it, but yeah, I think the three that are kind of picked up as like the best of the rest is Lyon, Ron and um, and Monaco, right? So let's move through them. Um, so for, as for Lyon, I mean, obviously they finished eight last season, <laughs> which wasn't great. But like, excuse my own bias on it, I think they probably do have the best squad after PSG's. Um, we still got, we'll see what happens with Paqueta. It kind of looks like he's staying at this point. You never really know in that kind of final week or two of the window. But I'd say he's the best non-PSG player in the league. Then um, we've just got loads of talent in midfield. Uh, we have a midfield rivaling PSGs to some extent. Um, and we've got attackers, probably lack like a sort of a good runner profile if if Toko Kambi isn't playing. Um, so thankfully he's staying. Uh, but in terms of problems, um, still the defense, we've only really got one center back that I really back, which is Lukeba. I absolutely love him. Um, but other than that, we've got Jerome Boateng who hasn't worked out. He's fallen out with the squad. He wants to move away. Um, and then we've kind of got Tiago Mendes, who kind of like has been like moved into this sort of center back role, which is very like Bosch, like right. To kind of do that uh we were looking for a center back i think we were basically going for a city up and then when we miss out on him from what it looks like the club just kind of went oh well, we tried for a center back and we'll just see how it goes right so <laughs> so, so good that, yeah, yeah. that sounds like sensible business yeah i mean that that's Lyon, modern day leon for you um and then the other question mark i just have is over bosch I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of how he plays and tries to get the team playing but i think there's no denying he's a very very flawed coach and yeah, it's a punishing league when you have those sort of like vulnerabilities and transition, um, especially with a lot of strong, fast runners and teams that like to camp deep and hit you on the break. So, yeah, that that kind of messed with them last season. Um, and we'll see if it happens again. I could I could see him going early. Um, I hope it isn't the case, but we'll see.
1: What have you made of the um, the very heartwarming, I think, homecomings for Lyon this summer? Uh, you know like what?
2: That and Tolisso. So I'll speak to Lacazette first because I actually didn't agree with it as a move from a profile fit because, I, like I said, I think we need guys who can actually get into good scoring positions and make those runs, which we we, we kind of lack at the moment. But I've warmed up to it a lot. I mean, I still wouldn't say I'm crazy about it, but one of the nice things is that another problem Leon has actually had that I forgot to mention is that there's this general like level of professionalism or attitude within the squad that has kind of died since the Lacazette, Tolisso days and I think a big part of bringing them back is like a cultural reset that it okay. that the club really felt was needed and I think I agree with that um and I think it's going to bring back a sort of leadership and and just helping to keep kind of keep the the squad together which has been an issue in previous seasons so I'm a fan of it from that perspective Tolisso I still think is a good player um I think as a youth enthusiast, I always want to see us going for like the next big thing. Um, but I think at least a sensible signing. Uh, both are, both are, are relatively expensive on the wages. So we'll have to watch that. But, but yeah, overall, I think I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, especially if it, if it achieves that like cultural reset that we're going for
1: fair enough that's fair enough absolutely i mean i have no idea how good taliso is at football anymore it's just been a, a <laughs> to long be honest time. me neither <laughs> yeah it's hard to say um n- no one can really say with too much confidence uh but
2: uh yeah good to see that that uh that storyline pop up anyway on, on on to ren um so yeah for them i kind of i feel like they could actually have a good shot at second this year um they just have this great momentum at the club like in all aspects of the club right now but I mean, to start it off, they have an amazing attack and lots of different attackers and attacking profiles that they can kind of rely on. Um, I'm very, I've am very, i been very critical on Ginesio and Exit Lyon coach over my time, but one thing he's always been very good at sort of like just giving that like that responsibility to attackers and trusting, especially young attackers to, and midfielders, just to do their thing going forward, right? So I think they've got an amazing attack. They'll probably build on that. It doesn't really look... Terrier might be going, it sounds like. But it doesn't really, there's nothing really firm to suggest that it actually will happen yet. So, I mean, they've, they've lost Tel, Mateus Tel, um, which probably means that they don't have to lose anyone else, right? So, so, yeah, I expect them to do well going forward. I have a sort of an inkling, we'll kind of see if it pans out, that they might be moving to a three at the back, um, especially with the yeah. sort of guys that they've gone for in Rodon and Tiet. Um, i not sure if I'm saying his name right. But there's also good um additions and i'll add that i think they got like Bade last season to a lot of hype i kind of didn't know how well it would go because to me he feels very much like a three in the back center back someone who performs really well there maybe be a bit exploited out in the two and i think it did actually that that was the case last season so i think maybe they're moving to a three at the back to try to get the most out of him which i think is a good idea um especially with losing a so yeah we'll see how we'll see how it goes um, yeah, I mean,
1: so Bade was at his absolute peak, right, in a back three for Lens uh, ahead of yeah. the big ahead of the big move, and 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 last year was a bit of a struggle. It felt like there was a little a two month period for Ren where they actually had so many injuries last year, specifically in the back line, that no one could really find their feet, and yeah. it must be must be tough for a player of that. You know, he's still very young, but with that much hype for him to kind of settle into that. Um, but it's it's definitely an interesting one. I do know who your next suggestion is, though, and I do think that this team is stronger. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll so, agree. So go ahead.
2: <laughs> so I think I think Monaco is probably the safest shot because I can see Lyon sort of having another terrible season as hard as hard as that is to say, and I can see Ryan kind of like also falling off. Um, and also a, a weakness about Ren is I still want to see what's actually happening with their midfield if they do move to a. Three at the back, how they're gonna kind of support that. Um Monaco, there are less questions over. There, it's a strong squad. It's a more experienced squad than the other two, which I think helps um for sure. Um and they've got a, they've got a really good defense in guys like De Sassi and Badioshile. Um the, the fullback's also very good. Uh going forward, they've got um yeah, you know, good attackers like Beneda, but then also guys who could have good seasons. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on, on Bodu. and they've just signed Breel and Bolo. Who really does feel like the most Monaco signing? Yeah, that
0: how has he not played <laughs> for Monaco before? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, and I think he's, I think he's a good fit for them. Um, they've also got Minamino, who I think is just like a solid addition. You know, someone who will, who will like help impact, even if he's not necessarily going to be a star ever, in my opinion. Um, so I think they've got a On Minamino, Alex. Actually, we were a little bit, Jack. weren't we?
1: A little bit like just not confused, but just like a bit taken. By the unbalanced side, yeah. by this one, we were like, it doesn't necessarily fit t- tactically or like ideally positionally into what we saw at the end of last season for Monaco. We thought, um, or if he did, it was going to be at the expense of you know one of the big two up front. Um, so, have they done anything to to change this?
2: So, I didn't actually watch enough of Philippe Clement at the end of last season. Uh, but, I mean, he obviously did, he took over like midway through the season, right? So I wonder if maybe he's changing things. Um... Doing what he wants, now he's got yeah, the to do sorry, it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, forgot. forgot. Yeah, maybe no, he's I, yeah, changing I... things coming in. But I also kind of didn't really see Minamino as like a, a definite starter for them. I kind of see him as like a like an option to play in certain games or to come off the bench. Um, I don't really view him as a starter. Maybe I'm underrating Minamino the player. I expected him to stay in the Premier League with like a... Southampton sort of level team, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to make any accommodations for him. I also don't know what uh, Clément wants to kind of achieve. Um, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see the season, I guess, but I think it makes sense. It's a, it's a smart enough signing in terms of someone that I feel they can bring in who will make an impact. Yeah. I'm I'm I like I just, it.
1: From, uh, from Taki's perspective, I just would have gone, wanted to go and play somewhere a bit more. Well, I think yeah, for, from <laughs> his
2: perspective, for sure. I can kind of yeah, I kind of expected him to stay in the Premier League, to be honest, and and be a starter somewhere.
0: Sam, I mean, I watched this they're friendly against Southampton last last week, and, and it was an interesting one. Monaco lost three one, but the first half was was very very impressive. I thought from from Monaco, and everything everything went through Minamino, like the entire game setup was him dropping off. They played a, an effective four four one one. Um, and he basically was in that hole just making things happen. And he, he hit the you know, the woodwork, he made things happen. There was a couple of chances that, that were all basically his kind of late runs. It really did look to work. And and actually, you know, obviously in the second half, Monaco faded and it wasn't it wasn't that impressive, but there were changes kind of rung around the sort of 50, 60 minute mark. Um, but I was impressed, and I wonder if that's what the change is going to be, you know, Kevin Volland obviously has had a wonderful career and it has been brilliant, but he is starting to get on a little bit. And I want to Volland. I'm not retiring him. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm making him a, an impact substitute. Um, and I think that that's, it was interesting to see that that happened, right? They, they made that change. They went a little bit wider. Golovim kind of played s- slightly wide, kind of a sort of like an interior winger almost. Um, and it was, it was kind of interesting to see how they, how they kind of, played it out. But I wonder if Minamino comes in here and, and just how creative he was, especially in that first half, kind of settles himself in as a starter in a kind of slightly changed
1: four four two shape because that's what it looked like it was it was gonna be. Like he was on the right of a four four two in the Champions League qualifier as well. Uh okay. which is which is it was it looked 442 ish rather than before, which was definitely well, I mean I guess you could say it was the same thing, but I would have branded it more as a four-two-three-one with Holland a bit deeper, but we'll, yeah, we'll have to see. But it's a very interesting one for sure.
2: Yeah. I think I'll say, like, I think for their attack is there, I mean, maybe apart from Ben Yedda, we'll see how he's doing this season, but there's no real, like, definite, and maybe Brilambolo, actually, but there's no, like, definite sort of people who are, like, locked on to start, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they need an addition in their midfield. I probably think they probably will go for an addition in their midfield. Yeah. Um, Yes, I kind of see them as a squad that's going to be good, going to probably make Champions League. Um, it's a but deep it, squad, isn't it? It really is. Deep. They've always had a deep squad, though, just from buying loads of young players and seeing if they work out. It's always kind of been like one of the deepest squads where you kind of go down and then you see like, uh, Willem Goebbels is still there. And, yeah. yeah. Prefin
1: Diata <laughs> is back. Yeah. He, there's, yeah. There's
2: like, it's that sort of thing. Like that. It is a really deep squad. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think looking at it, you know, the, th- the three you've picked out, I'd probably always shade towards the deepest squad there to, to basically edge everyone yeah. out over the course of the season.
2: There's the least variance there with them. Like, I don't see them messing up, but I also don't see them having, like, some crazy season. Yeah, fair enough. I'd agree. I'd agree.
0: It's probably time to move on to, to question three, then.
1: Okay, yeah, question number three. Um, and it's on our beloved Lille. Uh, they've appointed a new manager in Paolo Fonseca. Hopefully, they're a bit more entertaining at the very least. But Alex, what are your
2: expectations for them this season? Um, For them, I kind of see them having a rebuild season. I think they need that. I think Fonseca is a great hire. And it's weird, like, same as Brilham Bolo moving to to Monaco, Fonseca at Lille just kind of feels like one of those things that, like, Mm. just works. Like, you'd see it happening in FM a lot, that sort of move, (laughs) right? Um, But I'm excited. Fonseca is one of my favourite coaches to watch from years back at, at Shakhtar. Um, didn't really follow him enough at Roma, but I think he did well despite ending up getting getting the sack. Um, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, they've lost some big players though. Um Batman Sanchez. Uh, just
1: adding to that list, Zeki Celic is is
2: also gone. He's probably yeah here. yeah
1: Fiorek Yilmaz Zeki Celic. It's like four or five start, and obviously, uh, they lost Kone in in January, uh, to Fiorentina. So we're looking at five. Um five or six players there from the title win, which, you know, still it's, it's a good chance for a rebuild.
2: Yeah. It yeah. was two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> time moves quickly. Right. Um But yeah, I see them having a rebuild season. I think I'll, I'll say the same for Nice. I kind of also see them having a rebuild season. Um So I kind of, especially they've also just brought in a new coach in Favre. Uh, well, brought him back. So, so for both those clubs, I kind of see them in the same sort of thing where They've lost some big players. They've also made some good signings. Um, and they've brought in coaches that I think are good. Um, Galtier, obviously, a very good coach. So, Favre, kind of on the same level, I would say, or maybe just a little bit lower. But Fonseca is obviously a big a big um, upgrade for Lille. Um, so, I kind of just see, we'll see, kind of see how they rebuild. I don't see them having a sort of a crazy good season yet. It's a, it's a season of rebuild for them and just kind of implementing a style and... And you're kind of trying to do well with the recruitment and and involve some of the younger players that they have. So that's kind of what I'm expecting from them this season.
1: Yeah, I just looking at those. You know, not not putting them in the best of the rest conversation, obviously. But I am a huge fan of Fonseca as well. I think he's a really good coach, genuine coach. I think he would do a lot for these players. Um, Jonathan David is still there. I think it's yeah. a really nice manager player match in terms of style. And I am just cautiously optimistic that yeah again not vaulting themselves into the best of the rest conversation but sixth or even fifth is not out of the question for Lille even when rebuilding
2: absolutely not I I think I see them fight fighting for top seven top six I mean I think I will say Ligue 1 has a lot of good coaches now but also like there are about six or seven big clubs I mean what is it obviously PSG Monaco, Lyon, um, Marseille, Rennes, um, Nice and Lil, right? Yeah, seven or so. Seven. Um So I think it, it's it's getting tougher, but I do still, I I see them being thereabouts. Um I think it's a season of rebuild. I'm not going to expect too much. Maybe maybe Fonseca completely surprises me, but but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on them. So at the moment,
0: yeah, that's I think the, that that all makes sense. That all makes sense. It, it's a funny one. The, the squad is small i would suggest at, at this point uh, yeah. with, with players that are going to be used at the very least and and that makes things kind of a bit strange but this this next couple of weeks i think is
2: going to be massive for 100 because they've just sold renato and they're about to sell amadou anana just, I, I saw like last night that he's either going to west ham or everton so that's a lot of money that they're going to getting be getting in and it's the lack of midf- and the lack of midfielders that they actually have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: <so they've laughs> they need just to got... address that. Is Ben is Benjamin Andre just gonna play on his own now? Because um from last season, obviously, <laughs> Amadou actually, Alex, on Amadou Onano, I- I'd love to get your-, your thoughts on him because someone I actually spent a couple of hours on Thursday watching um because I had to just, just brush up on him um with the with the fact that uh, he's now costing thirty-three million pounds plus add-ons if 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 personal terms agree, which is I'm gonna be really honest, a lot of money for Amadou Onana, given what I've seen. So have I have I caught the wrong games or is this a a bit odd?
2: I'm glad you said that because I also don't see the hype around him. Um I see a lot of like like legal mutuals like hype him. I haven't I haven't seen it as of yet. I didn't watch a lot of Leo last season because they were boring and not very good. But very when boring. I yeah. when I did watch them, especially in European competition, like I so saw Amadou Nana playing like as a 10 at times or, or, or thereabouts as a 10, which obviously isn't the sort of position that I kind of been told he was coming into the season. I've been told he was he's more of like a the, DM. It's definitely not the position that West Ham have signed in for. Let's put it that no, way. No, no, <laughs> but he's also not very good as a 10. I think he he, he didn't impress me much at all in that position. So I, I could maybe it's harsh. I've seen him a bit, bit deep and he's been decent, but hmm. but yeah, I don't I don't see the hype as of yet maybe there's something I'm missing because I mean West Ham have been pretty good with their recruitment I think or at least in terms of the profiles that they want I see so him fitting West Ham that said, so that's it that's
1: basically it he's perfect for David Moyes because he's a bit Thomas Suchek he's absolutely huge aerial like domination loads of jewels his telescopic legs are are, are coming out and tackling but he just basically operates in that 30 yard midfield zone and just smashes through stuff and and heads things clear this is the physical edge that that David Moyes is 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 building at West Ham so from a profile there it kind of makes sense but yeah it's that it's it's that honing in very specifically on one type of player that you want which has probably led to in my opinion just way too much money on on a on this player like it, it I can understand why West Ham are doing it like I know what they want from him but this is this this has shocked me. He made 11 starts last season in the league for Lille. He played the fourth most minutes of of their midfielders and actually you know Zeca who left on a free transfer. I was going to say sign Check on a free. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's 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 gone now as well. So yeah, Lille needs some players but Onana okay good to get some gratification i'm glad we
2: i'm glad someone agrees with me because there's a lot of hype around it but i haven't seen it as of yet i'm 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 very willing to be proven wrong but yeah. but it seems decent just nothing special it just seems like a lot of money for a potential rather
0: than yeah proven quality when you could go out and get ibrahim sangare for a similar fee
2: 100 uh, that's like, a great one that's the. i mean if I saw him going for 15 million, I don't think I would have been like, oh, that's surprising at all. Or even 100%. 10, maybe 10, a bit like on the low side, given his age. But yeah, he doesn't seem a 35, 33 million pound player. Yeah. Bang Absolutely. On, bang no.
1: Let's get right. to number four. Okay, question number four. Who is the biggest regression candidate in Ligue 1 this year?
2: So yeah, like I said earlier, I think I'm going to, without... Putting everything on the line on one. There's one team I have in mind, but I think I'll first go through two teams that actually overperformed. So it feels harsh to kind of give them as, re- like, peg, you know, pin them out as regression candidates, but just it's kind of, it, it's due to how well they did. Um, so Strasbourg and Lance are the two that I kind of see potentially dropping off, um, which is natural for overperformers. Strasbourg, uh, Julian Stefan, I absolutely love him. I think he's amazing. Alongside, alongside De Zerbi. Um, if boss had to go, those are the two guys that I would be looking at. Um, but yeah, for them, they're keeping most of the team around. I haven't seen any big outgoings. Ludovic who was their top scorer, might be going. And that could be significant. I still think that they have guys like Habib, Habib Diallo, who can kind of replace even within the squad. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they'd obviously hope to keep him. I kind of see them dropping off depending on how well the teams below, like, recover, such as Lyon and Lille. Um, And that's kind of the real reason that I see them potentially dropping off, that other teams had bad seasons, which is part of why they ended up coming sixth. But at the same time, I actually, I just think Julian Stefan's really good. I think the squad, that he's he's managed to get a lot out of that squad. Um, So I could kind of see them still hanging around in, you know, that sixth to eighth sort of zone. So we'll we'll see. I'm excited to see how they do.
0: yeah, I completely agree i think that they are relatively solid now, and I'm going to caveat this with preseason, et cetera, et cetera, and this was an incredibly young Liverpool team they played, but watch this game, and they bullied Liverpool, and it was you know, yes, it's you know a, a very, very light team going forward, but the back two were Irima Kanate and, and joe gomez and and both of them. You know, Azurk put both of them to the sword. Basically, <laughs> he was just like, "Nah, I, this is this is this is my world, and I'm going to play the point in that it."
1: Scores eighteen-yard headers.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> um, and he was excellent, really, really impressive. So, yeah, I agree. If they lose him, obviously they 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 will get a, a fee for him, and and we'll be able to look to replace. But if they lose Azurk, I can see them dropping backwards a little bit. If they don't. I say they'll be right back in that conversation for a European spot. So, so I'm kind of with you yeah I, I like them i think
2: they're they're probably the one people expect to drop off more but actually i think moving on to the other club i think that's more going to be the case for for lance just because they've been gutted um so they had a very good season that last season as well they came seventh under frank hayes um but they've lost Czech de Corre, um who was you know alongside Sekofana like basically the the backbone of that like team in the midfield um yeah and then, and I love him. We can talk about him later. Then there's Jonathan Klaus, who's obviously I think his name kind of he finally got the recognition he's deserved for a while. Last season, um, strong sort of right wing back that I don't even think they've replaced yet. Maybe I've missed that in the incomings. And then ov- obviously Anat Calamundo, who did really well for them up front. He's he's gone back to PSG. So those are three big names that they've that they've lost. Um, and yeah, I just think I haven't seen the recruitment coming in as of yet for them. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like just losing those names. We'll see how Frank Case does, but I kind of feel they're going to drop off a bit, especially with, like I said, with regard to Strasbourg teams like Lille and um, and Lyon recovering. It's yeah. got to be
1: three of the five best players from last season for them, maybe. Um, yeah, I,
2: I would say. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's probably. probably- Hang I
1: on. mean, how on earth, on 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 that budget, you know, the where that the where they position themselves in the food chain. How how do you recover from that? Oh, I, wonder if, I wonder. If, as well.
0: I wonder if Callum Wender goes back on loan again, um, or, or or even permanently. There are there are sort of murmurings about him leaving PSG. Um, now, I wonder if there be. Clubs with bigger budgets looking yeah. at that and thinking, well, yep, we could probably pay more than them. Um, yeah. But there is also the element of homecoming sometimes that allows players to just drop into those situations and go, okay, I felt comfortable there, I liked it there, I did well there. Let me go and
2: recreate that again. I mean, I would love Kalimundo to actually go back there. I think there's even suggestions he might stay at PSG though. Yeah, from no, what it, I've heard, he's undecided. I think in terms yeah, of where yeah, the yeah. space is going to be, but. If he leaves, I kind of see him. I could see him. I I know Leeds have been strongly linked. I could kind of yeah. see him going there, and I think he's a he's a nice option to add to their attack. Um, yeah, just with Premier League clubs and stuff, it'll be hard for for Lance to bring him back. But but I would love I would love him to go back there. I think I think it's a good place for him to develop his game. Yeah, There's
1: still a bunch of Premier League clubs that need a striker, and this yeah. is going to drag on and on. And if I if I was if I was PSG, I would definitely hang on there. I think they know the market well enough. To be like, wait until you know two or three of these guys get to the final week, and they're gonna yeah. and they'll pay twenty million for him because that that's they, like they will legitimately do that because they'll need to. Um, that will that will happen, but
2: they might even I, pay a little bit more. I mean, depending, I mean, not 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 outside the Premier League, but within the Premier League. I mean, we've just spoken about um, Anana going for thirty three million. I can see Kalimundo going for at least twenty five or so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just before we move on to the
1: final question, Alex, I'm going to chuck another name into regression. I've already talked about this on the pod before, so I'll keep it brief, but a little bit concerned for Nantes here, who, you know, did it. had a, I was in love with their story last year, having narrowly escaped relegation the year before, and then sort of pushing into those top seven, eight places, fighting with those teams pretty consistently fell away in the end, but obviously won the cup uh, to secure European football. That's an amazing achievement. But you know what that does to a very thin squad. And yeah. I don't think that they've done particularly well this summer. You know, they've picked up a couple of pieces, one of which is Musa Sissoko. I think his days at the top level are definitely done. And they lost Kolo Muani to Eintracht on a free transfer. A free, and yeah. Ludovic yeah. Blas keeps getting linked away. They got absolutely destroyed in the Super Cup. Okay, limited judgment there. But Castelletto is now suspended for the first game. You know, it feels like it's already going
2: really wrong. Um, and I'm worried for them. Yeah, I actually overlooked them when I was thinking through who's gonna regress or not. Because I haven't actually got to the big one that I think. But but I I, I I think I completely agree with everything you've kind of said. I think like losing um is gonna be big as well. Um I think Blas will stay right. I think he still has so. still has two years or so on his contract, maybe with European football. Like there's enough to keep him there. Um But yeah, I think also just a problem for Nantes is I know that they have a very poor recruitment team. Like they don't, it's not very expensive. There's not a lot of money that they've been able to put there. So often what they do is they work through like almost word of mouth of like, who can we kind of get here? So yeah, it's just always hard for these teams to be like proactive in terms of being able to rebuild or add depth um, ahead of new seasons. I don't know, maybe they've they've kind of invested more in their recruitment team than from like two years ago. Or so when it became so apparent, I think from the coach himself that they that they lacked in that area. Um, finances but yeah we'll see I think that I can also see them kind of having a tough time yeah absolutely absolutely who's the big one then the big one is obviously Marseille um, which it's still the bookies favorites for like to to finish second but I mean I I have a couple of reasons for it and I think it's a lot of people kind of it's it's obvious the reasons but first of all just looking looking at the players that they have their four most important players last season and best probably Saliba Bubba Kamara, Payet, and, and Guendouzi. Um, two of those have left. Saliba's back at Arsenal, thank God. And um, Bubba Kamara is now at Aston Villa, actually. So those are two important pieces. And then Payet, he's, what, 35, pushing 36 now, and also very injury-prone. Like His time at the top is, and he's, he's had a great career, I think his time at the top is coming is to a close. So that really only leaves Guendouzi in like a very good spot for them which is kind of what actually led to the other part is that Sampoli really didn't like that. He lost all of these important pieces to his puzzle and he left and they've brought in, um, Tudor who admittedly, I don't know too much about. I'm not a serial guy. Um, but yeah, so he's his replacement. We'll see how it kind of goes. He's already, there's murmurings that he's, he's fallen out with three or so senior members of the squad. I won't be surprised if Quinduzi's one of them. Um, but you yeah, adding to that to what was actually an overperformance on the underlying metrics last year. Um, there's just a lot of things, and then they're never very good in Europe. I mean, I know that that's not a good way of future predictions, but we'll see. It also stretches them a little bit. And adding into all of that, their general recruitment has seemed weird. There's some deals I really like. Like, I think Klaus is great. And I think a good point is maybe looking into how Tudor, like, redesigns the squad because he's, now he's got two very good attacking wingbacks in Nuno Tavares from Arsenal again, and then uh, Jonathan Klaus. So maybe he's going to get more out of them out wide. But, but yeah, it's just a lot to replace. So also and they're the, the most gen-
0: chaotic club in football, I think. Like, I don't, I don't uh, know if there's
2: anyone more chaotic
0: than than, than this Marseille. <laughs> they just seem to chew up managers, chew up players. It's all just nuts. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly enjoyable. That's not meant to. It's really not meant to be a slight. It uh, <laughs> I, I, really, it really is fun to watch. But I also like have no idea season on season where they're going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, uh, Alex, just to let you know, obviously, uh, with Igor Tudor. He, he's probably the antithesis of Sampaoli as a manager. Um, they're very, very different. You know, Tudor's... He's pretty... Um, he's back three, wing-backs, direct, get the ball forward as quickly as possible. I know Sampaoli does that at points, but obviously the, the tactical intricacies, the formation mm-hmm. changes on the fly, that sort of stuff, the, the, the periods of pretty possession play, I would imagine are all gone. And Tudor is going to stick the ball in the channel, give it to the wing-back and have him run 10, 15, 20 yards and just gain ground. That's kind of how he modeled a lot of his play in Serie A
2: so you know what that's funny to me because I've, I've heard that they want to get rid of Bamba Dieng, who I really like I think he's very raw and he's kind of a clunky player but but he's very he's a good athlete and he has very good movements. Mm. um he's just good he's, he's a chaotic player in himself just being able to to get on the end of things and you know find those opportunities that kind of sounds like a great player for <laughs> yeah for for Tudor We've to kind of want but it seems, I mean, this has been my own interpretation just by how quickly they've kind of been wanting to get rid of him. It's either they just really need the money from somewhere and he's he's a better option than than elsewhere. But also I was wondering maybe Tudor just didn't really rate him from the off. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have a lot of forwards as well, don't they? There's, they do, but I, I think but... they've got a lot of old forwards. I would want to keep Bamba Dieng.
1: Yeah, true, true.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, which takes us quite nicely, I think, onto our last category. Um, who are we talking <laughs> about, Sam? What are we talking about, Sam?
1: Alex, please give us your tips for Liga's breakout stars this season.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't narrow it down to just to just one or two. So I've actually got like a, a couple here um, that are more punts than usually I feel like in previous seasons, because I do this every season where I kind of try to predict who the breakout stars are going to be. And I usually feel that there are some like really obvious candidates. Maybe it's just because there were so many breakouts in the last year or so, but it feels like there's no one that's super, well, not many that are super clear to kind of break out. But I mean, obviously last last year, my my take on this part was, was Shirky. Um, and I'm—I'll move on from him quickly, but I'm going to put him in there again. So we, we hope he—he he has a proper break out this season. <laughs> Every single
1: right? year until he breaks
2: out. <laughs> it's not your fault, and it's
0: not his fault. It's Leon's fault, and uh, we have to—we uh, have to call it until he gets the
2: games he deserves. He, he's closing in on a on a new contract, and I think the contract like issues have been so drawn out because he knows he's good enough to play a starter somewhere in the top five league club, right? I mean, he—he he really is good enough. I think he's one of the best players when he plays for us he's always one of the most impressive players in my opinion um but i think we're closing in on that contract and i think i really hope at least that that is like you know premised on like that he's going to get game time this season right it's going to be yeah. tough there's a lot of like congestion in that area if paqueta leaves i think it opens up a lot of, of interesting like it opens it opens up space from the squad and maybe like an interesting sort of movement into attacking midfielder which is something i personally wanted to see from him but yeah well we'll have to see with that i really i'm going to call it again that it's his breakout season (laughs) until he breaks out. um otherwise so i think let me move i've got like a nice defender midfielder and attack so maybe i'll move in that in that way um brian Pereira is my next shot he's actually never played a senior football yet um but i know him from the year under under 90s i know Sam does too. He was very, well, he was very
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Right back. Brilliant player. Oh my God. Yeah, just very so good.
2: good. It's very weird because obviously he was a Lance player, right? And they've just sold Klaus for 7 million. I thought that he was going to be there from the beginning, from like basically when I saw him at the under 19 euros, I was like, okay, this is the guy who's going to be their replacement, like an internal replacement. But no, he's actually, he's moved to um, which what? is a promoted club. Yeah, mad right? Um, but yeah, I looked at I looked at who the other right back is, and I, I think Brian Pereira is pretty much a good shot for, to being the starter, mm-hmm. and yeah, just a very good two way player, uh, as a lot of these um French sort of fullbacks coming through are nowadays, very good attacker, good on the dribble, good on the cross, um, good in one v one scenarios, going backwards too. Um, good, a lot personal. of explosiveness in his game yeah he stands
1: yeah. up a player and just goes poof, just takes one step and he's passed exactly him, knocks around him and the low deliveries were really good as well I thought in the under 19 euros people went a little bit overboard on uh, Arsenal's uh, Norton Cuffey and it was yeah. actually someone <laughs> like right someone like Brian Pereira that was actually the, the right back of choice for that tournament he was phenomenal
2: yeah I'll, I'll say with with Norton Cuffey not that this is an Arsenal part but he's one of those players that like does really really well and then when things go badly tries to force the issue way too much and it just becomes awful i've seen him do it for the arsenal under 23s a lot as well like i think i like that he doesn't hide but he's just one of those guys who tries to force the issue a bit too much Mm -hmm. um anyways moving on another player who actually was quite hyped last season i think the hype's kind of died down a little bit now but is leslie ugachukwu and I think he has a very good, like, opening. I've not seen too much said about this being his season um, within, like, league or circles. But just looking at the squad of Ran, who, who he's another product of, they've just produced players like crazy, right? Um, I, I think it just makes sense that he could have a really good breakthrough season. Um, Even, it depends. I mean, they've got Maria as kind of the more, like, defensive guy in that team, right? I think yep. he's he's okay. I think Ugo Chukwu, He's a, like one of those big, rangy midfielders. A lot of technique, though. Can play nice balls from deep. Can carry really well. He's just kind of your prototypical, like all-rounder midfielder, French midfielder nowadays. How tall is he? Quite tall. I, I don't know the, <laughs> but he is he, he is seems he very tall. Foot? I would definitely say. Yeah, yeah, are yeah. we right. are we talking many mold here, or are we talking Chukwu no to... Fogba? so okay? So he's more he's more defensively minded than. Than Chukwueze or Pogba, but in terms of how he is on the ball, I would say is a lot more in that sort of like stylistic sense, right? Whereas Choumani is quite like, I wouldn't say rigid, but he's more like a mover in terms of like just using his his yep. athleticism to get yeah. there. Whereas there's something nice about like how Ukachukwu can kind of move around with the ball. He's been given the six shirt, which I actually checked just before the pod, just because I think that's always a good way of seeing where a player kind of figures in the estimations of the club. Yep. And then whether the, if they go to a three at the back, which they could do, then I really think that it, that there isn't really another player in that squad that that can fit into one of the two central midfielder roles because they'll probably have someone more attacking, knowing Genesio and, and their squad in general. But then they're going to need someone who has a lot of energy, ability to get up and down, um, which I think Ugochukwu fits as well as having that quality on the ball. And then even if it's even if it's a three. I midfield three, I think, I think he'll find his way in. Um, so yeah, he he's my shout um, for the midfield one, and then I've actually got two attackers. But let me go first for the guy who's actually belongs to a a, a league on club, and he's a new addition to Toulouse as Zakaria Aboukalal. Um He's like twenty two or so now. Kind of was very hyped. I think you guys might remember a couple of years ago at at AZ Alkmaar.
1: Yeah, so so it's it. coming from the Netherlands, hasn't he? I'm not familiar, but the name rings a bell from the Dutch league.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he, when they had all of those sort of, you know, like stings and everyone and Baudu, yeah. he was also like one of the names outside of like the main sort of main is and, and Vindal adding those. He was one of the names just outside of them, but he's very good. Very good on both feet. One of those like very exciting players You can kind of just accelerate and stop and kind of create angles to shoot. Um, very that that's the sort of player that he is a lot of athleticism good technique close control at times and yeah likes likes to kind of very direct in in how he can play uh I'm not completely sure what kind of happened at Alkmaar, but from what I've read around the places that, like, I think he kind of fell out with the club management to some extent and with the fans. Um, I think there was some interview where, like, he said he didn't really, he wasn't affected by what the fans thought of him or something like that. It's one of those situations. So I think this is just a really good um, place for him to actually, a new environment where he's also going to get a lot, of, a lot of minutes. And, yeah, I, th- I think he could have a breakout season of his own. Then the last guy, and, and <laughs> apologies for speaking about Arsenal so often so much on this pod. But I really think now that he's moved yesterday to Reim, I really think this could be a follower and Balogun season. It's honestly a move I've been wanting him to have for like two years now. He's really just needed a move where he's gonna get regular minutes. I, I really rate him as a player. He's a very rounded player, um, center forward. You know, he can hold up, he can go behind. Um He can he can play out wide and dribble in. I mean he's a centre forward in type, but you know the the type of ones, especially modern day that like to drift. Yeah, like to drift. Yep. So he's got a lot in his game. Very good. Very good technically with very good finish. Um, but what he's lacked is just having the actual minutes to play. I mean he finally got a move to Middlesbrough halfway through last season, right in the second half. But I mean, I think you could see, I saw one or two of his games, you could kind of see that this is like his first forays into senior football at now age or 21 or so, right? So it's it's been long overdue. I don't think Arsenal dealt with his development too well, but he's kind of come in as the, I mean, Ekiteke was their player. He didn't play like complete first team minutes, but I think Balogun's coming in to kind of replace him in the squad and will get a lot of minutes in doing so. So I see him. I see him as a breakout star um in the league very good very Very good good. yeah
1: arsenal they they sort of they did handle him poorly i think he got stuck for about two years didn't he between senior and youth football he's under 23s and scoring like five goals a game and it's like what are you getting from this
2: he i mean i can tell you he looked so bored playing those games like he (laughs) he looked unbothered the the amount of times he would just like receive hold off and like back like very nonchalantly without even like really feeling like he was trying to to make something happen he was just playing with defenders I think I think it was it was partly down to the kind of like regime change between like the Emery, Donrangle, Sinelli and yeah. that sort of area moving to kind of like now what we've got with Arteta and Edu that he kind of got caught in the middle of and then also just the way that I, I, like there was sort of like lack of misunderstanding between agent and club and stuff like that that but I think ultimately Arsenal didn't didn't handle it well. Um and yeah, we've kind of well, got to this position now. Yep, where a Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. It's a big opportunity for him. Um and with that, we'll we'll bring this to a close, Alex. But um thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure, pleasure walking through League Arm with you. Uh do you want to just tell the ranks call where they can find you?
2: Uh yeah you can find me at Alex alexfrco on twitter where i'm probably either tweeting about Lyon, Ligue, 1, or uh or arsenal so so yeah you can or other young players so you can find me there uh, but thanks so much for having me on again it's always a pleasure to be on ranks and yeah absolutely well thank you so much for joining us thank you to mr sam Tye
0: for those questions as well mate
1: oh cheers mate thanks yeah 10 minutes on the train well spent yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) well done very well prepared as usual i've been jack collins this has been ranks fc thank you so much for listening as ever take it easy